So this morning we're in Genesis chapter 23. We're going to read the entirety of it, and then we're going to move into chapter 24, and we're going to read uh, 1 through 28, I believe it is. Uh, and we'll start there. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kirjath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham stood up from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Give me property for a burial place among you, that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place, that you may bury your dead. Then Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, the sons of Heth, and he spoke with them, saying, If it is your wish that I bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and meet with Ephron and the son of Zohar for me, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he has, which is at the end of his field. Let him give it to me at the full price as property for a burial place among you. Now Ephron dwelt among the sons of Heth, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the presence of the sons of Heth. All who entered at the gate of the city, saying, No, my lord, hear me. I give you the field and the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of the sons of my people. I give it to you. Bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed himself before the people of the land, and he spoke to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, saying, If you will give it, please hear me. I will give you money for the field. Take it from me, and I will bury my dead there. And Ephraim answered Abraham, saying to him, My lord, listen to me. The land is worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? So bury your dead. And Abraham listened to Ephraim, and Abraham weighed out the silver for Ephraim, which he had named in the hearing of the sons of Heth. Four hundred shekels of silver, currency of the merchants. So the field of Ephraim, which was in Machpelah, uh, which was before Mamre, the field and the cave which was in it, and all the trees that were in the field which were within all the surrounding borders were deeded to Abram, as a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth, before all who went into the gate of the city. And after this, Abraham buried Sarah his wife in the cave of the field of Machpelah, before Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave that is in it were deeded to Abram by the sons of Heth as a property for a burial. Now here is a chapter that's interesting. Um, this is the only place the age and is recorded of the death of a woman. She's the one and only lady named um, when what year she died or what how old she was. 27 years old <clears throat> which means that Isaac was 37 years old <clears throat> when she died and Abraham was 137 years old so there is some merit to that 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 she's being honored um, by giving her her number of years we see many many times men are given the number of years they they, they lived and they died but this is the first and only instance in the Bible where it's recorded that she's giving, being given this honor. Now Abraham is still living in tents and he's still moving to and fro over the land and he's still digging wells and, and trying to establish himself in this place in, in Canaan. <clears throat> and so he doesn't own anything yet, even though God back in Genesis 12 and 15 
promised him this land that he was dwelling in, he doesn't yet own it. And by the end of the book of Genesis, he's, he his children won't own it yet either. Um, so here we actually have him needing a place to bury his wife. He doesn't own anything. And at first they hear him and they say, you you can bury your place in the choicest of our burial places. The choicest of our burial places. Meaning like we've got cemeteries, we've got our own. Usually in that place they, they buried them in caves. They they had caves that they would put their dead bodies into and, and cover it back up to protect them from animals. Um, and they say you can use our choicest of the, the best places. And he says, No, 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 no. I don't wanna I don't wanna put lay her bones in with your people. I want my own cave for this. And so after talking for a little while and and um he has his eye on a cave that's not yet being used for burial purposes and um and and they seem very willing to give it to them. Because if you'll remember Abraham <clears throat> and his was 316, 317 soldiers went out and and kept and and ran down the five kings that had stolen stuff from them and all the surrounding land. So Abraham is a little bit of a hero in this area, um, and and they here they're giving him a little bit of honor and says, "Oh, just take whatever you want. Just just take the place. That'd be great. Um, we you live among us. You you're, they call him a mighty prince." Um, they, they give him honor, but, but Abraham doesn't want to take what's not his. And even though God has promised it to him, he, he doesn't set his attitude as, I deserve this, or I've earned it. Instead, you see him being very, very wise and very careful with how he deals with and and walks with these, these unbelievers, these people that don't know God, that <clears throat> have different burial customs and believe in different things one of the interesting things that pops out to me and i don't know if i can uh, really say this but he he mentions a couple times uh that i may bury my dead out of my sight Mm. and it's it's a very interesting phrase and, and a few people have have concluded that that possibly um or no Many people have concluded that they would make idols of their dead loved ones, uh, carved images or, or something that represents them. So there's possibly a, um, a remnant of ancestor worship that goes on in this land of Canaan. So they someone would die and they would carve something and um, keep it in the house or add it to a little temple or something like that. And I, th- there will be definite... Um, times where we're going to see those household gods um, in the coming chapters. Uh, the word that they use for household gods is not necessarily used here, but the fact that he repeats this phrase that I may bury my dead out of my sight is is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because we don't, uh, when when we die, uh, God, we go to God, and we don't we don't need to to have these little idols. We don't need to, to remember them in that way or, or to make them into tiny little gods because they're they're not gods. And when we die, we don't become gods. We, we, we're we just souls that go to God. And so it's, it's an interesting phrase that, that gets repeated a few times. And culturally, that that's the best thing that I, I can... I, I read that I, I imagine uh, may be true because there is a lot of idol worship in this area that we'll see. Now, Ephraim doesn't want to just sell the cave. He wants to sell the field with it. 
Um, we don't know how big the field is. If it's not a very big field, the price is outrageous. <laughs> if it's a pretty big field, then the price is fair. But uh, again, we don't have enough information to, to make any conclusions there. And he names the, the field worth 400 shekels of silver, uh, which is more than uh, David will pay for the, the, the property to build the temple on. Um, so it's a very large sum uh, for the land that he's buying. But, but he, without hesitation, weighs out the silver and gives it to him and pays him. There's no bartering. There's no, uh, but I don't want the field. Abraham is not trying to be tricky and get the most out of anything. He is just saying what he wants, and the people are <laughs> Ephraim for whatever. If he's honest or dishonest, we don't know. But but he's just paying him what he says it's worth. And and now Abram officially owns property in the promised land that God has promised him. And he buries Sarah there and some of his other family in, in the future and himself will be buried there as well. So there, this this cave, this burial place is a home for his dead. Many times uh, people in the ancient world will, will send the bodies back to their homeland so they can be with their, their ancestors. And mm -hmm. here Abraham believes God that this is the land that he is going to be inheriting. This is going to be the where the kingdom of, of God is going to be. And so he buys land knowing that God is going to make this land his children's. So he's, he's acting in faith by purchasing this, this field and this cave. And he's staying where God has sent him. And we're going to see soon that, that he doesn't want his son to leave either, that, that they're going to dwell in this place that the God has given them. They don't have permission to, to leave or to go other places because God hasn't given it. Um, so there Sarah, Sarah gets buried and they stay there. Now, and, there's not a lot uh, in the New Testament about this at all. Uh, so there's no real commentary other than just that God is, 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 or Abraham is starting to own property in the promised land. But it does give us one, one little picture into how we need to be walking with unbelievers, um, Gentiles or, or what do you are unbelievers so in Colossians 4 uh, verses 5 and 6 um, this this verse um, kind of helps highlight like how we need to walk and so Colossians 4 5 and 6 walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know you how you ought to answer each one so here, walk in wisdom to those who are outside. So imagine if Abraham, who went and rescued all the stuff from the those kings that had, had plundered and taken slaves and captives and lot and, and all the stuff, if he had kept half of it, if he had kept all of it, he, he was entitled to it. He won it back from them, but he did not. He wisely returned the possessions to, to whose they were. And here, Abraham could have taken the field. Well, God already promised me this land. God has already said that we're going to be more than conquerors. I can, this, is, this is mine. I deserve it. And, and Abraham does not do that. He's not self-entitled. He's not prideful. Indeed, we see that he's humble. And he's willing to not even barter, but to, just to take the first price. Because he doesn't want to be seen as 
you know, oh, that that foreigner that lives among us that that speaks a different language that he doesn't own anything that that left his family, you know, how weird he is, but look how much he's taking advantage of us. And we see that Abraham doesn't do that. He doesn't take advantage. He doesn't he's not selfish. He indeed is is humble. And and so when when foreigners, when outsiders, when people that don't know God see us and being humble and selfless, they're going to see God. They're going to see Jesus through our actions and they're going to they're going to know that there's something different about us. When Jesus is being um, beaten and mocked uh, at, at the last the last day, he doesn't mock and return. He doesn't revile. He doesn't return insults. He indeed instead prays for forgiveness for those people. And so the people that are outside that don't know God see Jesus when they see us and they see us praising the Lord and forgiving people for doing awful, terrible wrongs. They're they're going to know that we we know something. We know someone that is as beyond what everyone else knows. That that we know God, the God of love, the God of grace, the God of peace, and and hopefully they see that in our walk as we we walk with Him. Hopefully they'll see Jesus through our actions, through our words. It says here, let your speech always be with grace. That unmerited kindness that we're we're not reviling grace here eh, grace everywhere means undeserved and usually an undeserved gift and so so let our speech be kind from from a heart of love that that comes from the way that god sees us the way that that god treats us help us to speak that way to people Seasoned with salt so that it may be preserved, that it may enhance the flavor, that it may uh, may just be true before such a world that is full of lies and deceit. And that we may know how to, we ought to answer each one. Those people that are outside that don't know God, help us, uh, help us to, to know that we're God's um, ambassadors and that everything we say is a reflection of that God that we serve, that we follow, and that each person like needs an answer. They need to know who God is and what He's done for us, and and how great and how good of a God He is. So I just pray that you guys would meditate on that this week. That how do we need to answer those people on the outside? How do we need to represent God before them? Sometimes it's with our actions, but a lot of times we do need to speak up. We do need to to give God glory for what He's done and what He's continuing to do in our life so we're going to hop ahead to genesis 24 which is the longest chapter in genesis so we're going to hit verses 1 through 28 to kind of like parse it and break it up and then we'll finish the chapter next week um and this is a a good way to do it so um oh you're not letting me zoom anymore oh there it is eat too much okay This is uh, Genesis chapter 24, starting in verse 1. We'll see how far I go. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, 
And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that land, that all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying to your descendants, I give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife from my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from his this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. We'll keep going. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day, and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, Drink, and I will give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah, who was born of Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew all for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was, when the camels had finished drinking, that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel, and two bracelets for her wrist weighing ten shekels of gold, and said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, if there is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? So she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milka's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, We have both straw and feed enough for and room to lodge. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master, Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. That's verse 28. And so we're going to start back up at the beginning. So here's this interesting story. So after um, Sarah dies, some more years go by and and Abraham's old, which is an understatement. He's, he's old, 137 or plus. And, and he wants a son, his son to get married. And he doesn't want her to go to the people of Canaan, 
of the land of Canaanites to, to marry the locals, the, the Gentiles, the unbelievers. Um, he wants a, a wife from his home country. Um, and we'll look at a couple reasons for that. But but I think the biggest reason is that she's not going to bring um, pagan gods with her. So we'll see next week that, that they actually worship the one Lord God, that 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 they they follow the same god that that abraham follows and and that's so important to abraham it should be so important to us that we don't i can't say the words let but we don't let our children marry people that aren't believers because it there's always idol worship that comes along with it um whoever has the less convictions the households will will usually follow after them so if a believer follows an marries a, a unbeliever then many many times they go the way of the unbeliever because it's easier they don't want to rock the boat whatever the reason is um but the household will tend to follow the 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 one that's not walking with the lord so so abraham finds it important that his son marries someone that loves the lord that that follows god and not from uh, the Canaanites, because they do worship all sorts of gods. They worship ancestors. They worship um, men. They don't worship the one true God. And and I think that's the the biggest reason that that he he wants to his son to marry someone from back home. Now, if you'll remember, um, he traveled kind of a long ways so he's sending his servant who's not named um back to his land in mesopotamia to to find a, a relative for him to marry and because abraham was so old having children the it'll actually not be like it'll be an actual g- generation later that that rebecca is which is uh, just interesting and, and the servant, being of, of sound mind, says, perhaps the one won't come with me out of her homeland, away from her family. What if that happens? And Abraham says, well, then that's fine. I release you from that oath. But just don't take my son from this land because God's going to give it to us. And if we, we leave, it, it may not happen the way that he says it will happen. And I, I, I don't I don't understand because God also swore, he said, um, that his Descents will be enslaved for 450 years or 400 years um, to a foreign power. So uh, <laughs> he's just trying to keep his son here. Maybe may worried about what will happen when he, he leaves or if he'll ever, ever come back. He's very distraught about that. And he says that he will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife from there. So he, he has faith that, that God will go before his servant to, to do this thing. And so the servant takes ten camels and uh, everything that his master was going to give him and give to the the bridal family. And he went to Mesopotamia in the land, in the city of Nahor. And you know it's it's hot, it's desert, and so his his camels need watering. And, and he has come to the right place. And he says this this wonderful prayer: "Oh, oh Lord God of my master, please give me success today." And so. We have him praying and 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 setting this this like goal like if if this is from you if this is the right person then this is how it needs to happen. Um, this is not like a simple goal like oh yeah I don't mind doing that I'll do that for you. So he's got ten camels and a camel 
depending on how thirsty it is and how, what size it is, can drink anywhere from 100 to 200 liters per camel. So for her to offer to water the camels is to draw a giant amount of water to to let the camels drink and fill themselves up. Like, it, she's going out of her way to serve this person she doesn't know that's a stranger that she she doesn't know by name or anything. He's just some guy of ten camels. And so by by asking God, like, hey, if if this is from you... <laughs> Let her do this thing. And and God is, is faithful and and she that's just what she does, and it doesn't even seem like um the servant has talked to anyone at all. But this one first person that he meets, and she'll draw all the waters for the camels, which is you know, a thousand, two thousand liters of water possibly to, to water these camels. And and it's just so interesting that, that Abraham, up to this point, has been talking to God face to face. Many times where they'll have human forms and they'll, they'll, they'll have bodies or God will speak to him out of the heavens and he'll hear the voice of the Lord. And this is one way that God communicates. And here, the servant's praying and, and God doesn't speak to him like he spoke to Abraham. God actually, he, God's responding to the servant's prayer. And, and I, how... Uh, amazing and ridiculous this prayer is like it, it's unreasonable to ask someone to, to water your, to your 10 camels especially if it's they're not yours um, and and so the servant can be sure that this is from the Lord that this is definitely from the Lord and when he learns about whose family um, she's from he, he doubly knows it's from the Lord because she's exactly the, the people that he's looking for and how amazing that is and also how amazing that this prayer is answered what seems right away. The So often Abraham has prayed and for years and years and years the prayer is not answered. He doesn't get a descendant. And one of the reasons that we, we wait for prayers to, to be answered, is, especially in Abraham's case, is that we need to know it's 100% completely from the Lord. There's not a, a slim possibility that this was from our own man-made um, energy or power, but it's all from God. But here we see God answering immediately. But but it's not just a simple simple answer to his prayer. Like she goes above and beyond, and God answers this prayer not verbally, but but through someone else's work. Work. And so it's amazing to me that that God speaks to us in such different ways. And so I I, I never. I try not to discount other people when they say that they, they're here from the Lord in this way or that way because the Lord speaks to us in very different ways for diff- different purposes. Uh, and he does answer prayers sometimes immediately and sometimes he says, not yet, wait, wait. That's so cool. I'm going to I'm gonna touch on this because I, I, I was curious about it. The, the golden nose ring uh, was probably just a fashion back then. Uh, it doesn't represent anything specific. Um, it just was was something of value that that she would have had. Sometimes in some cultures, um, a, a nose piercing would have represented uh, marrying or being of marrying age, and so that may be what this is talking about. Um, but he seems to kind of like jump the gun. He's like offering her this stuff. Then he's like, wait, 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 <laughs> who's your father? <laughs> which which house do you belong to? Um, but he's just thankful to the Lord has has done this thing that the Lord has moved. 
And so he just is praising the God of his master. And it's interesting the language that the servant uses, that blessed be the Lord God of my master. And when he initially prays, he prays to the God of his master. And and maybe he doesn't fully believe. Maybe he he's never heard the voice. He's never seen the people. And, and he says that, you know, Abraham, Abraham has this God. I've never seen him. I've never heard him. I, I don't know. But Lord, if, if you are the real God, if you're out there, then, then would you do these things? He's praying to his master's God. And maybe he's giving honor to his master. Maybe he's trying to pray through his master's name. But but we see that God answers that prayer, that God's going to work with him. And and we'll see, he, he'll change the way that he he, talk, he prays to God uh, next week. That, that moves from being, um, blessed be the Lord God of my master, to, to just praying to the Lord God. He he sees the Lord move, and he, he'll, he'll change the way that he prays. I, I, I'm amazed at that, that, that. Yeah, that Lord God hears, the Lord God answers. That's part of my testimony, that that as I'm reading Matthew when I first started reading the Bible, that it says that you'll take care of me no matter what. And I pray, Lord God, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm following you. I'm trying to, trying to be faithful to you, and I don't see how this is going to happen. If you are a real God, you need to show up. If if you're really there, I need you to answer, and he'll he'll answer. He'll show up, and he'll he'll make himself clear. And you've got to just be humble and listen sometimes, because so often we'll excuse things away as, "Oh, what a coincidence that was. That was you know that that wasn't God. That was a coincidence." And we start to sow seeds of doubt before the 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 truth has even sprung up. And I just pray that you guys would. Be patient and listen to to what the Lord's saying to you this morning, this week, and and, and respond because he doesn't just ask us to, to have a relationship with him, but he's gonna ask us to, to do other things, to to move from our homeland, to to do things by faith and and that's exactly what a relationship with God's like. He's gonna ask us to do stuff and we need to, to be patient and willing to serve the Lord God, the, the God that made us, the God that made the heavens and the earth, as he's described in these passages. So I just pray that you guys would be, be looking and listening for, for God and, and to respond to what he's calling you to do. And we'll, we'll finish the rest of this chapter next week. Lord God, I, I praise you for just what you've done, what you've shown us, what you've revealed to us, Lord God, that... That we need to be willing servants that that are willing to to walk by faith before you. That you'll show up. That you'll you'll reveal yourself to us in whatever way you deem. It's not going to be the same for all of us. You you don't fit in a box. You healed in many different ways that 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 defies making systems around them. Lord God, help us to come to you. Just humbly. Lord God, and, and just seek you out. We know that you'll forgive us our sins. We'll know that you'll make us right with you if we, we, we go to you. We, we, we confess our sins. We confess with our mouth that you are Lord and God. Lord God, help draw us near to you. Help us to, to put off all the worries of the world, these seeds of doubt that will sometimes get sown. And Lord, help us just to come to you as children and just depend on, on what you've said and what you've revealed to us all we have and blessed are we to have all of that Lord God help us to seek you out this week in Jesus name I pray Amen